0: There's no Blue Jays baseball tonight. They're off. Oof. After playing 17 and 17. Come on, man. You the get, boys a day get off. they paid to play no, they you got again m- They get Monday and, uh, Monday and Thursday off, right? Because they're playing the uh, Phillies Tuesday and Wednesday. Wow. They got two. Just think about that. Two days off. What will they do? Oh, I'm sure they'll find something to do. Uh, tomorrow's matchup will be Zach Wheeler against Yusei Kakuchi Woof. Coochie, same number of wins and a better ERA than Zach Wheeler. There you go. Hands up. You thought you'd be saying that on August 14th. Stop it. On August 14th. Uh, That game will be at uh, 7.07 on Sportsnet 590. The fan at Sportsnet. A reminder that uh, we have got Jays tickets to give away to see the Phillies and Jays tomorrow. Uh, We will do our trivia before our next break. It's a good trivia question. Uh this one kinda this the, the trivia question this one kinda surprised me a bit. I thought I thought yeah. you'd have to go back in the what? history books, but it wasn't it, it it's good. That's speaking of history books. I went back Lake City off
1: that guy too in the minors.
0: Oh there you go.
1: Way up. Held my bat
0: like a, in a phone booth. I bet you did. I did. Um We mentioned before the break, kinda of, I, I, I I think this was a I don't know if it was a significant or symbolic weekend in the AL East, but we saw the New York Yankees implode against the Miami Marlins and, and just kind of – and this one was odd because it was the Yankees' bullpen that gave it up, and, and as we said, the Yankees' bullpen has kind of been the one thing that's held the fort for them this year. Yeah. That There was just a feeling about that loss. Watching the Yankees' reaction to being walked off by Jake Berger, I, I think made it uh, particularly – Telling uh, the Baltimore Orioles won a they won one of those games that makes you think that the baseball gods are really smiling on Baltimore this year. Like, really smiling. Would, a dude who doesn't even start the game, saves a home run yeah. and hits a home run. Would you watch an Orioles
1: Braves World Series? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Who, who pitches
0: game one of a World Series for the Orioles? Probably Gibson. Mm. Maybe Fleury. I'd watch, I think it'd be great. And and then there's the Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, I want to bring in Jason Stark of The Athletic. Jason, thanks so much for joining uh, Barker and me today. Um, We mentioned again before the break, Wander Franco has uh, gone on the suspended list while the uh, Rays and MLB investigate allegations of an inappropriate relationship with a minor uh, made on social media question for you because Wander Franco has, has been heating up in the past couple of weeks. He's raised his average 20 some points. He's had five or six home runs. He's kind of answered the call. Kevin Cash kind of challenged him a little bit and he's responded to that. And the question for you is what would be a bigger loss to the Rays? Shane McClanahan who is out for the year or Wander Franco?
2: Uh-huh. First off, uh, Wander Franco is on the restricted, oh, restricted. list.
0: restricted. Sorry, not okay, suspended. He
2: is not, yes. he is not suspended right. as of this moment, but he's not available.
0: Right, he's on the restricted
2: um, list. Right. Okay, so back to your question. I, th- this might not be a conventional answer because, you know, you would think the position player is the 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 guy that a team would miss the most. But I'm going to say – Shane McClanahan, because the Rays are now reaching that stage where they're going to have a hard time having enough arms to make it through this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard a story about them right after the trade deadline. Right, they traded for Aaron Savali and traded, you know, a guy who looked like he was going to be their first baseman of the future. Uh, Just a a big-time polished AAA bat. And what I was told is, in the room, they didn't want to make that trade, but
0: I, uh, no, it, it's – I mean, Kevin and I had talked about this a little bit uh, just about the Rays in general. And I know that you're starting – I think Mark Topkin, our friend, did an article in this. And you're starting to see more and more people write about this, Jason. But, you know, we look at the Rays and we admire what they have done with their organization and how they always seem to you – know, they, they they're a very economic organization when it comes to winning games. But, Jason, they also – they have a history of having pitchers get hurt. Yeah. And hey, do we need to pay more attention to that in, instead of just celebrating them? I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not saying worry about the pitchers more than anything else, but I think sometimes maybe we're too quick to just kind of move on from that factor.
2: <laughs> well, you know, Jeff, my rule of thumb is they all get hurt.
0: <laughs> no, that's so, true. That's they, true. Yes. There is
2: that. But I, I know they're looking at this. Um, They need to figure out if there's something there Um, because this is, you know, as as brilliant and creative as they are, and there's so much there to admire. You just said it. Um, It's it's a pretty tenuous formula to do it this way every year and to have – This many guys have serious health issues. It just endangers their ability to keep doing what they do. Um, When I saw them in spring training uh, a couple times toward the end, they were so excited about their rotation. And McClanahan was healthy. Glass now was getting close. Jeffrey Springs was unbelievable in spring training drew rasmussen was so good in spring training um that's four potential dominators plus glass now when he came back and now they're all gone they're mm-hmm. all out except for glass now um they got to figure this out i don't know that we have to figure it out but they do because this it endangers their whole model
1: okay jason that the the, the the third wild-card spot, There's, there. Are, in my mind, there's three teams. That's Seattle, the Jays, and the Red Sox. Seattle and the Jays have the two best ERAs in baseball. The Red Sox break. This time of the year, you're thinking there's 42 games left. At least there is for the Blue Jays. Say the Blue Jays need to go on one of those, I don't know, I'm, maybe I'm stretching here, one of those... I don't know. For, say, Jason, say a fourteen and four run. Ugh. Is it? E- I'm just saying. You're maybe, that, maybe they may have to do that. Is it easier for one of them teams this time of the year to do it with a team that has, you know, the two best ERAs or a team that rakes? <laughs>
2: uh, I don't know that the Red Sox consistently rake. They're pretty it's good, though. At least not consistently enough. Yeah. Um, you guys know how. Upbeat, I've been about the Blue Jays all year, sure, and I I still think that's a team where if things broke right, they could win the World Series. But I, I'm officially worried about the Jays now, um, and the Mariners are probably the biggest reason. Uh, Bo Bichette's health is obviously another one, but the the Mariners remind me a little of the Jays. They're they're dangerous because their pitching is so good. <laughs> and they hit enough long balls that they're dangerous offensively. And it just makes them dangerous, period. They're athletic. They've got you know they've got one of the easiest schedules in baseball. Yeah, they do. Sixteen <laughs> of the next nineteen games against the A's, the Royals and the Mets wow. right a death plummet. <laughs> um they they just keep closing that gap on the Jays I mean, the Red Sox, I guess, theoretically, are still alive. The Yankees are dead. Yeah, but I, I would really watch out for the Mariners these next few weeks.
0: How surprised should we be that they're, and maybe you know, the the ease of the schedule coming up, maybe, me, may, I don't know, maybe that had a fact played a, a hand in in what uh, Jerry Depoto did. But you know, I mean, they traded the guy; who was nominally, at least, their closer. Um, they didn't trade Teoscar Hernandez, who a lot of people thought would would be traded. And uh, you know, I think they even lost to the Red Sox on on trade deadline day, and everybody was, you know, folks were saying like, "What the hell's going on here?" Well, I mean, what are they eleven to one since or something <laughs> stupid like that before before running into running into the Orioles? Um, is is is, is Jory Dipoto just a genius, and maybe we just ought to like, like a, a a mad scientist, and we we just need to give it up to him?
2: Uh. Jerry is very different than most people running baseball teams right now. Um you know it's funny I was on NLB Network the day of the deadline. We were talking about him and my line was, you know, he's he's not a buyer. He's not a seller. He's a shopper and the <laughs> deadline is right. like Black Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just he's just a guy who looks at the deadline um as an opportunity to reshape his team, he he was not able to do nearly as much as he hoped to do. There just wasn't enough interest in Teoscar, for example, for him to to, file, to feel like it was worth his while mm-hmm. to, to to trade him away. But you know, they they looked at Paul Seawald and thought Andres Munoz is ready to close. Uh, There's no reason that he can't take that next step and look what trading Paul Seawald can do for our group moving forward. So um, he's just looking for ways to get better short and long term. At, at periods like the trading deadline. So I don't know if that makes them a genius, mm-hmm. but I do think it it puts them in line with how a lot of modern front offices think now. There's just not that many periods during the year when you can do quality shopping.
1: Yeah, they got swing and miss, and they get at homers. That's two things yeah. that will take you deep into a playoff run. You, you, you mentioned the Yankees are dead, and me and Jeff were talking about this a little bit earlier about the Yankees and athleticism, and they don't really have anything. And I hate to say anything about a guy losing his his job, but Brian Cashman next year, that'll be his 27th year as the as Yankees GM. The, the, the fresh set of eyes thing, is that a thing for the Yankees? Like, I, I, you're getting to the point where – I think they've tried just about everything. I mean, they've tried spending all kinds of money and, you know, putting a rookie shortstop and like, they've tried a bunch of different kinds of things. It just hasn't worked out. Is that the last straw?
2: For, for Brian Cashman?
1: Yeah. You'd think so.
2: Yeah. I, it, um, I don't think this season's going to end pretty for them. Um, I, I don't really like their roster. I think he, they, they probably don't like it very much. They told you that. Yeah. But what they did is the deadline, which was basically nothing, um, take away their games against the A's and Royals, they got a worse run differential than the Cardinals. Uh, it's not a good team. Brian Cashman put that team together. It's underperformed. Uh, and they're the Yankees. I don't, I don't think you can rule out anything. Uh, you certainly can't rule out Aaron Boone losing his job. I don't think he could rule out Brian Cashman losing his job. I, I don't know exactly <laughs> who makes that call. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I guess it it goes right from the top, right, right, right. from the the Steinbrenner corporate offices. But wow, um, it, it's hard to imagine that team without Brian Cashman. But they've. You know, you know what, Kevin? They've gone so data driven yeah. in everything they do, and that includes instruction, coaching. The, you know, and a, a, they've had a lot of hitters there who they thought had promise have all gotten worse. Guys in their big league team all gotten worse. It, it's ominous, and so you know somebody's going to pay for that. I'm sure. Uh, it's you can't rule out it being Brian Cashman.
0: So Kevin and I have been basically saying all year that the Atlanta Braves are probably the best team in the majors. I mean, yep. that's not that's we're not going out in a limb. <laughs> However, I have noticed the Los Angeles Dodgers <laughs> recently, <laughs> and I have noticed Lance Lynn in that two point zero zero ERA. I think in his in his starts, and uh, and and Jason Hayward is. Uh, <laughs> Back on the horizon, David Peralt, I mean, how close are the Dodgers to being as good as the Braves?
2: Or to, do uh, we need to be careful
0: or, because of the division they're in?
2: They're, they're, they're not as deep or as talented as the Braves. Um, I mean, the Braves—they've got—they've got twenty home runs from every position on the field except hmm. shortstop and center field. <laughs> And when they lose a game, they think it's a fluke. That's the way they go about it. They just have an incredible vibe, cockiness to them. And if they get to October and their pitchers are healthy, they're by far the best team in the National League or any league. But you know, the, I, the Dodgers have this—they uh, have this thing. You know, they find talent, they develop talent, and they look at. Everybody with a, a skill set and think they can fix them. They, can, you know, they can they can take Lance Lynn and fix them. They can take Jason Hayward and fix them, and not, you know, not necessarily the way that a team that's just going to take Jason Hayward and run him out there every day might think. In that they have a very precise feel for what he can't do anymore, but what he still can, what what aspects of the player they can maximize. And then they put him in that situation. And the manager's really good at doing that and then explaining it, handling the human being. Um, every, everything that Dodgers do, from the top of their organization to the bottom, is just so intelligent. And how good are they going to be when you add Otani next year.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. uh-huh. Well, that's, that's an interesting thought. Uh, we'll have to find a place for him to play. I don't... I mean, anywhere. Anywhere he wants to play. Uh, the, the, the Jays are about to play the Phillies. Jason, how good are the Phillies?
2: Uh, the Phillies are better than people think. Um, they're playing great right now. They, they, since the first week of June, Kevin, they've played like a 103-win team. Hmm. Since the second week of May... They've played like a 95 win team, and you know it took them a while to get going. But they now have that look that they had last October, except they're better now. They're deeper now. They, I mean, they miss Reese Hoskins, but Trey Turner is finally turned back into the guy they gave 300 million dollars to. Uh, since they stopped doing him, and so he gets two hits every game, so that'll work. Uh, Bryce Harper now. His swing path um, is finally looking like the Bryce Harper you remember. Uh, July had a six-degree launch angle. You know, I, I don't know whether that was because of the elbow, but uh, he, he looks very different now. Um, it's the best bullpen, deepest bullpen, best combination of of stuff, velocity, different looks that they've had in, in, in 10 years. Uh, rotation has, can be really good. Michael Lorenzen, trade for that guy, he throws a no-hitter. They, they've got a lot of ingredients. That the, the, the weird thing about them is you can watch them on any given day. They don't look very good. They swing and miss a lot. They're, they're a lot of balls. They don't turn into outs. You know, they're, the things that they're not good at, they're good at mm-hmm. but the things they're great at um, they do as well as any team they just know what they are uh, and for two months they've been the second best team in baseball the Braves are the best so they're not good enough to win the East but they're good enough to win the World Series if things break right
0: wow. uh, you mentioned Trey Turner explain to me how Phillies fans came around to him because that's, you know, <laughs> and you I mean you're you're a, you're a Philly guy. It's not yeah. it's not the Philly I know, or maybe it is. I'm just I'm just a victim of, you know, viewing uh sort of just falling <laughs> falling victim to the old sob of Philadelphia booing Santa Claus, et cetera, et cetera.
2: It, well, booing is what Philadelphians do. You know, they're 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 good at it. It's their DNA. And you know, when in doubt, they boo. And yet, um, do you remember this is last Year. This is April of 2022. Alec Baum um, had a brutal day right. at third base, uh, got caught on camera saying the words, I hate this bleep in place. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> then after the game, he stood at his locker and he owned it. And he talked about what a stupid thing it was to say because he didn't really think it. And here are all the things that he admires about Philadelphia. And it's not on these fans. It's on him. And the next night, he got a standing ovation every time he came to the plate. And he's been a different player and person ever since. Hmm. And so now Trey Turner gets off to the, the worst four months of his career. And I actually was on the radio in Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago saying, I don't understand why this guy doesn't get the Alec Bohm treatment. You know, Philadelphians, I understand when they boo a guy who doesn't play hard, who doesn't want to be in Philadelphia, who is the reason you don't win, you know, uh, and actually, like it's somebody else's fault. Trey Turner is none of those. He, he wanted to be in Philadelphia. Uh, he, he was one of the first free agents to sign. He... He stands there at his locker, or stands there at their front of their screen uh, after games, and he rips himself. He says his mother's been booing him. He, he's <laughs> taken ownership of everything that he's done, uh, and I don't understand why you boo a guy like that. So I right. said, "It it makes more. It would make more sense to me for Philadelphia to give him the Alec Baum treatment." Yeah, and. I have no idea if me saying that had anything to do with happen well, what happened. It kind of welled up on Reddit. It uh, became a big talk show cause, and you know how it actually came to happen is a it's just one of those rarefied phenomena. But Kevin, you can speak to this. Uh, it just doesn't it take an incredible weight off a guy to have that happen.
1: Absolutely, I got booed in Milwaukee. Milwaukee when I was in uh my first year in the big leagues and I was like oh for eight well you were the
0: top prospect I, and you were I,
1: I was but I was oh for eight like we and and that was when Milwaukee was not good we were not we were fighting for fourth place like that, that was where it was at as an organization and I was being booed and I would rather have played it on the road than I did at home like I was dreading going home and playing because I was being booed and it was not a good feeling. It was sort of part of your day of how do you figure out how to not get booed instead of see ball, hit ball, catch ball, throw ball. Like it was to that point, and I'm sure you add 300 million to the mix and playing shortstop on a team that's supposed to win a World Series can't be the easiest thing to do.
2: Booing is just dumb. Booing, Bull, like booing the home team is dumb again, unless it's it's a guy who doesn't want to be there, who doesn't play hard, who doesn't hustle who's the reason you're not winning because of all that stuff and and acts like it's somebody else's fault. Um, I I don't understand booing guys who take responsibility for how bad they are. I've spoken to players many times about this and always said, boo yourself, rip yourself, and it removes the opportunity for others to boo and rip you. (laughs) Um, That that should always apply.
0: Absolutely. Jason, we're going to let you run, man. Terrific insight. Thanks for this as always. Great
2: stuff. Always oh, great to talk to you, man. Thanks. Thank Take you. Care.
0: It's Jason Stark of the Athletic. That is that is a. Uh, I, I've often wondered about that. You, you know, again, not fan, fan, it. fans can do not it. It. Fans can do what they fans can do what they want to do. I don't. I don't have a yeah. problem with that. But yeah. I just, I, I, I'm with Jason. I mean, if if a guy's having a bad year, and I'll say this, and I'll credit Blue Jays fans. This for the most part, I, I think they kind of realize. I think we saw it a little bit with Alec. No, I think mm-hmm. people realized. There were some grumbles that I think people were. There's no point in booing him because he's going through, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is he's going through. As long as the dude is giving you his best,
1: Varsho. Yeah, as yeah. Varsho's had a bad offensive season, but, but running all over the place, running making all over the great place, plays, hustling the play. off the on and off the field. Exactly, he's hard not to root
0: for. Yeah, that's, absolutely. And that's that's kind of the way I, I I view it. Give me, I will give you a down year. I'm more than willing to allow you to have a down hell i'll let you have two down years as long as you know that you're i know that you're going out there and and on any given day you're giving me whatever you got the best of whatever you got that may not be great but as long as i can come away saying that the guy wasn't dogging it i'm uh, i'm happy with that ryan roland smith is a mariner studio analyst he'll join us next i got tickets to give away too. it's blair and barker on the sports net radio network smart takes on the biggest stories in sports the fan drive time with ben ennis subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts And Phillies will start a two-game series tomorrow night at the Rogers Center. The Jays have to off and got Thursday off. But Tuesday, Wednesday. 707 starts each night. Uh, we've been giving you a chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here on Blair and Barker, whether you listen to the radio or you listen to us via podcast. And as always, if you uh, do like our podcast, and I don't know why you wouldn't, please leave a five-star rating and a review. Six star. Leave a six star. Look at it this way. It's four and a half for Barker, one and a half for me. Uh, All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 59590. Our last trivia question and answer was in 2003. Why am I trying to sound like John Sterling? In 2003, Cubs fan Steve Bartman infamously attempted to catch a foul ball in game six of the NLCS between Chicago and Florida, Mm -hmm. who was the Cubs outfielder who almost made the grab and foul territory. And which Marlins batter was at the plate when the incident occurred? The answer was Moise Alou. Was the outfielder Luis Castillo was the hitter?
1: Mm. You think Mo would have caught that? He's told me right to my face that he would not have. More I than it. once. Yeah, I, I, More than once he's told me that.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I'm within that. But- Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Phils down at the Rogers Center. Tomorrow. As a matter of fact, August 15th. Oh, you're good. What? What did I do? Jeez. <laughs> which long-time Phillies pitcher threw a no-hitter in his final start with the organization before being dealt? Text the answer to 590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Again, which long-time Phillies pitcher threw a no-hitter in his final start with the organization before being dealt? Text the answer to 590, 590 for your shot to win, et cetera, et cetera. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. I would not have gotten this, although you have homered off him in the minors, you said. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a little out with my guess. Oh, by about 64 years. Mm. Uh, The Seattle Mariners will open a series tonight. They don't get a day off. They'll open the series tonight against the Kansas City Royals, the Mariners, of course, most of you Jays fans out there will now know are right in the Jays heels. They're game and a half out of the wild card. Uh, and really, I think if you're a Jays fan, you're probably every morning checking out, obviously, how the Jays did, how the Red Sox did. But you're really keeping an eye on the Mariners. Uh, the Mariners roll out a whole lot of good. Oh. A whole lot of good starting pitching at you. Uh, Ryan Roland-Smith is a Mariner's studio analyst. He's also host of the Top Step podcast alongside Grant Balfour, and we're very pleased that Ryan Roland-Smith joins us. Ryan, thanks so much for joining, Kevin, and me. Um, So how did this happen? Because we're at the trade deadline, and Teoscar doesn't get traded. Mm -hmm. Paul Seawall does get traded, and we kind of go, well... Okay, it's Jerry Depoto. Nothing really should surprise us. And then literally one morning, Barker sends me a text and said, have you been looking at the Mariners? And I said, no, oh, why would I keep track of the Mariners? And I looked at the Mariners. I thought, holy cow. They're like, they're right behind the Jays. How did this happen?
3: Right, yeah. No, I'm with you. And I think this, leading into the trade deadline, I don't know how it was with you guys with the Jays, but – there was a situation, and you guys were obviously right in the thick of it, but we weren't. You know, before that trade deadline, I think they were five or six games, you know, beho- be- uh, below the wild card standing, So you're looking at this, going, okay, are they just going to sell off a bunch of the-, the guys that you mentioned? You know, Chosko and this, Logan Gilbert's name was thrown in a couple rumors in there as well. And then all of a sudden, the, the trade deadline rolls around, they chop off the-, the the best part of their bullpen, which is one of their biggest strengths because they don't score a whole lot of runs. And you look at this, going, okay, are we going to be selling here? Is this going to be a crazy couple hours? And then that was pretty much it. And so I think what happened, and talking to some of the players, you know, down on the field, I think a lot of them, because of all these rumors and and kind of questioning what the team was all about, all of a sudden they're like, okay, so this is all they're doing. Now we can just kind of settle in. I'm not going anywhere. I don't have to uproot my family and move somewhere else. <laughs> like you know, the last couple months of the season, and they, there was just this sense of, with our, with our way more comfortable. Uh, and there was a, the the series they had against the angels they just looked like a different group there wasn't this pressing trying to score runs trying to come up big with runners in scoring position where they're punching out or any of this kind of stuff they just looked free and easy and i think you mentioned this starting pitching as well it's just been so dominant uh of late you have that that foundation then you got guys who gino suarez teoscar even julio rodriguez who not Julio so much, but these other guys, they know they're not going anywhere. They can just settle in and go, you know what? All right, this is what we've got. Let's go do it. And I think the, the mentality changed a little bit. So they've been looking good. They just lost the last two against Baltimore. Uh, a couple tough losses in extra innings. But offensively, man, if they can just get something, some some kind of heartbeat offensively, they're going to be tough because the pitching is that good.
1: Yeah, I was just about to ask you that. The, the schedule looks favorable. Like, you the you know, if you're a Seattle fan, you're, you're thinking that's a pretty good schedule. You can gain some ground and... Separate yourself from other teams. I I think you might have just answered it. Is there a worry for this team, like the Jays? It's offensively, like runners in scoring position. They all season have not been real good at it consistently. Is there a worry for Seattle that if they turn this around, they can catch up? I guess to the starting pitching that they have.
3: Yeah, I think in regards to you know a worry, I think that a couple of guys who are struggling, um, you know, like Julio, you kind of looked at that and thought. All these things besides the the old results, like the the average, you know, batting average, the the slugging and all that, everything else was pretty legit. I mean, he was still crushing the ball, hitting the ball hard. The strikeout, swing and miss started to drop because that was the biggest problem, man. You You look at the first half of the season, they were striking out so much. They went into this season just like last year where the philosophy was all about like these... You know these grinding at bats and 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 getting six you know six pitch at bats and really grinding out a starting pitcher they just weren't doing it at all so it's like all right there's our offensive philosophy just you know down the drain what do we what do we do now Tiosca now has been one of those guys who comes into a new team and he's just swinging and missing you don't see that the same rate like the, the swings and misses as you did which is a good sign but I just think that when you watch a guy like first of all Julio Rodriguez right he was sc- scuffling a little bit numbers wise he looks like a different guy. He just looks so much more relaxed, settled in. And a lot happens when, when he can start to hit, a lot of things happen around him. I think that, you know, um Hernandez, when he can just cut down the swings and misses just a little bit, things happen to either side of him. The guy in front, you know, Gino Suarez or the guy behind him, Cal Raleigh, they can relax a little bit more because, you know, they're not they're not getting pitched to so much. The one thing that's missing right now, JP Crawford, and I know you probably think JP Crawford, but, he, man, he has been such a difference maker doing some of those little things. Just long at-bats, making it tough, always on base when Julio gets the hit of, of late. He just went down with a concussion the other day, uh, running to Gino trying to make a play at shortstop. That's a massive loss. They put Julio back in the leadoff spot, and he just struggled. He struggled in the leadoff spot all year long, hitting 216. Uh, and he's even publicly said, he, he said it the, the, felt like the game clock Getting in from center field, getting mm. the stuff on and getting ready to roll has been a bit of an issue for him as well. So a couple of these things, I think if JP can get back quickly, hopefully, if this concussion doesn't go wrong, because he's been a massive part of the offense. And I think the Julio, I just don't see anything any anything that you see in is something that's going to be long-term. But they've just got to cut down, swings and misses consistently in those big situations. You mentioned the Blue Jays. It's the same thing with runners on base.
0: Yeah. Ryan, you guys just had a chance to see the Baltimore Orioles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a great series. Um, but, but I, I mean, those two teams are such are such a joy to watch. What was your takeaway from the Orioles? Like from a distance, it seemed like just a hell of a series. And of course, the mm-hmm. yesterday's game was. Pff, I mean, if you're a sports fan, that was everything. That was everything you want in a game.
3: What'd you think of the yeah, Orioles? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think they're in that mode, and maybe the Blue Jays were here a couple years ago, where you have all this young talent right the expectations you come out of last year where all right we're good we're good enough but it's not like you had this off season where you just added added now it's like okay we're going all in time to win and the expectations are if you do anything but go deep into the playoffs it's an absolute failure so i think they're playing on that energy where it's young players it's fun the expectation is still more of the individual aspect of you know can i put up numbers uh yes i can but from a a, a, from an expectation standpoint, from their fan base, it's still not, I think, they're still not, as a young group, dealing with some of the expectations. And I say that because the Mariners, for example, last year, you had some young players that, yeah, they were good, but there weren't these expectations like, man, we better, because a situation, you, you break the drought last year, now you, everyone, all these fan, the fan base, everyone just expects you just to win year in, year out. So I think that that was an issue they had. And so I look at the Baltimore Orioles being like a version of the Mariners we saw last year where they're playing off that energy. And beyond that, some of the things you see on the field, there's so many, so much young talent there. It's ridiculous. There's so many tough outs. And then they've got that bullpen. Once they get to the eighth inning with Cano and Bautista, man, it is tough. And that was on full display the last couple of days.
1: Uh, Matt Brash has 50 and two-thirds innings. He's got 84 punch outs. <laughs>
3: how, how do you do that? Yeah. Oh, dude, well, Stuff wise, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The one thing I will say, and, you know, in this era, and, and, you know, Kevin, you know about this, man, you, a situation where it's all about stuff. How many swings and misses can you get? Yeah. The difference, I think, when he can land, either the, if he's going heavy fastball, or heavy slider, if he can land pitches early in the count, he is just unhittable. The minute he, he goes 1 0 2 because he can't land that one pitch, you see, he's, he's, um, his pace starts to slow just a little bit. There's those extra breaths you can see it written all over his face, and that's where he can get out of sync. It was a lot of that early in the year, but man, he when he like I said, when he finds when he gets that fastball, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be on the black, but he can land that fastball early in the count, uh, or he lands that slider, whatever. The the heavy the heavy mix is going to be early in counts, and then he, sometimes he pitches backwards. When he can land that, man, he can be unhittable because all of a sudden, man, when you have him back of your head, as you know. Yeah, back your head where you're like, okay, I got to protect against this breaking ball. That he's just throwing me for a strike, and then he goes 99 at the top of the strike zone. It can be awfully tough. So there's plenty of that with him. I think he's growing so much as a pitcher, especially this year. Last year they had him as a starting pitcher to start of the year off, and it just wasn't. It just didn't suit well. He just didn't profile very well as a starting pitcher in my mind. And he's had this role at the beginning of the year where he was just coming in in high leverage situations, but now it's starting to break up a little bit where he can come in start an inning off. They have to come in with runners on. And I think he can just his heart rate can slow down a little bit and and get ahead of hitters a little bit easier. Uh,
1: I know every good team, at least the Blue Jays are trying to do this, where they're trying to get a one A and one B, not a one and two. Right? You go into the playoffs, your one B is just as good as your one A. Is Castillo yeah. and Gilbert sort of that one A one B, or is it still one and two?
3: I'm going. I'm going Castillo and George Kirby. Yeah, honestly, they're nuts. Nothing against Logan Gilbert, man. He, right. He's been legit. He was 12 punch-outs the other night. But, dude, George Kirby, he's just he, – hes I still forget he's so young. I mean, he pitched against – I had a chat with him right before the Orioles start. And I said, hey, man, like, you know, that last time he pitched against Baltimore, just nothing – not on there. And he just kind of cruising. He goes, oh, yeah. He, he, he said, oh, that home run. I'm still thinking about the home run I gave up to Sant- Santander. He goes, I'm, he goes I'm, I'm going after him, though. Like, it was a situation where he has this mentality that – It's not like, okay, he hit that curveball out of the ballpark, for example, two strikes. Oh, now I have to get a plan B. He was straight back at it. Like, he was straight back the same pitch. He just made it better. He just has that. I know it sounds simple, but it's not easy to do. He just has this mentality. Like, he's been around for 15 years, and he's just absolutely punching tickets, and he's just living off that adrenaline. It's unreal. So, I'm going to go, honestly, Luis Castillo and George Kirby with that. I don't know if it's 1A1. I'd say 1A1B. I still haven't seen George. Um, well, actually, no, what am I saying? We saw him in Toronto, uh, in that, in that playoff situation, ice in his veins coming in, um, last yeah. year to, to, to close it out. So he, man, I, I, I want to, i would go, I'll be honest with you. If it was, if it came down to a one game, I'm going, I'm going George Kirby over anyone in that, in a one game situation, if they had to win, even, that's how good he's been.
1: Even with Castillo's changeup.
3: 100%. I'm wow. telling you right now, he, he just watching him pitch. It's insane it's just because he just has that thing about him where, all right, you get me or if I, may, if, I, if I miss a pitch, I'm going right back to it as opposed to trying to, you know, pitch away from contact. He's just, I mean, you look at his walk rate right? and everyone's like, oh, he doesn't walk anyone. He's got great command. No, no, that's just him being so, you know, I'm going to call it arrogant and so stubborn with parts of the, the, the plate. That he's just like, this is my part of the plate. I'm just going to stay right there. It's going to be on the black, and good luck hitting it. He just has that mentality. You can just see it written all over him. It's awesome to watch.
0: Wow. Ryan, really good of you to join us, man. Should be, uh, should be a lot of fun. We'll be keeping an eye on the uh, the Mariners down the stretch, my friend. Thanks for doing this. Yeah,
1: have fun. No worries, right, guys. Thanks. See yeah.
0: Take care. That's Ryan Roland-Smith, Mariners studio analyst. That's big praise for Kirby. I was wondering, when, when you were talking, uh, I was looking at, just kind of looking at the numbers and thinking about that. i probably go, I, I'm probably with him.
1: I, I could just remember Castillo against the Jays last year in the playoffs and how it looked, how easy it looked. Well, how, change up was- I mean, he basically dominated with the fastball in. He could, you know, the, the front hip two-seamer to the left. He's like he, the arm slot he's doing it from. I'm not taking anything away from Kirby, but I, I, guess- I just think it's the, you're sort of giving them a mindset of it's not Castillo. The first game that that's I think good. is that's, what you're giving a playoff a team. Like if they're facing a the Jays, point. it would be all oh, a Kirby's nasty, but it's not Castillo. And you're at least giving them a little bit of hope that you could piece together some things and get some hits.
0: That's me. Well, he watches this team a lot closer than we do yeah, on an I, everyday basis. I think you also, though, have to it, it. and And this is this is to your point. Now, the more I think about it. Based on what we have seen from the Blue Jays this year, I'd probably go with Luis Castillo. I still think there are a lot of people around baseball who don't. It's not that they don't understand. I I think there are a lot of people around baseball who don't really realize how much of an issue this lineup has had this year. They look at the Blue Jays and they go, ah, they're yep. underachieving. But I, I think the, the more you mention Castillo, put it this way, if – Given the way the Jays have swung the bat in the last week. Yeah. Luis Castillo. Okay. Here's, they got no here's chance. Here's what
1: they do. Castillo throws hard. Gilbert, Gilbert throws hard. Kirby throws hard. Brash throws really hard. Like, those are four guys right there because of the woes that the Blue Jays have yep. against fastballs. They, they get hits against fastballs. A lot of those hits are from Bo. Yep. Bo do, do some things with two strikes, and, you know, he'll hit the elevated fastball, and he can cover quadrants. I, I think it's taken the sting by throwing the fastball a lot to quadrants. And I think those three dudes can do it really well against the Blue Jays. That's what I said. The Blue Jays may not even have to play that team. But I'm saying, I'm not sure you can go wrong. But if I'm a hitter facing that team, I've got a little mindset. Well, it's not Castillo. Mm. I got a chance against them other two dudes. I just think because of the way everybody looks at Castillo – like, if he's on with the fastball location and can throw the back foot slider and throw the Bugs Bunny changeup,
0: occasionally get a call strike mind, with the changeup. Keep
1: in mind that there yeah. will
0: be no one game playoff this year.
1: Yeah, I don't think that. I, it's no, still about that, game one yeah. when that three game no, series, but I'm and you they're, either got to go on the road Keep or in home. mind there will be like no one game playoff this year. That's what you, the, I mean, the, it's game one, right? The, that's the difference. It's how you're going to face them and when you'd line them up. They got
0: Four, stuff, 416 413 3959. That is the back leg line. We haven't gone to it for a while lately, because we had a lot going on. That's your chance to ask questions, leave comments, suggestions for Kevin Barker. Jared and Calgary did that. Nice. So I'm curious what you think would potentially happen with Vladimir Grove Junior's output and uh, you know, offensive numbers if he didn't have to worry about money, just like Bo. Bo signed his contract in the offseason, and this year he's having a career year, right? And you've said it before. You've spoken about it on the show multiple times that Bo's doing what Bo's doing because he doesn't have to worry about that stuff. You know, what are the chances that, that the same thing would happen with a Vladdy? Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, let's be clear. Neither of these dudes are, are worrying about starving because they don't 14 have money. And a half this year, Vladdy's making fourteen. It's a yeah. chunk of change. Yeah, Flatty's doing okay. I, you know, and also let's say this: Bo had a really good second half of August and September before he was being paid. It's not the only reason why he's doing well. It's not the only reason why he's doing well, but I think in his case. Given the fact that you know he'd gone to our, or he 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 renewed with the organization, there was there was a, there was a I, little bit of tension between the two of them, and I and I think I think that's the difference between between him and Vladdy. I think the difference with Bo is he didn't think the organization thought
1: right they could win a World Series with him playing shortstop. Correct. Make me feel like you believe Correct. in me by paying me and so I did. can play every day at and shortstop, they and they did. I think it, for me, it's more about that than it is the offensive side. He's going to get hits regardless. Yeah, like he, he knows how
0: to hit. And, and I got to tell you, at this point in time, I don't know if I want to give Vladdy a multi-year contract. You want to give up on Vladdy? I don't want to give up on Vladdy, but if I can go year to year, hes I mean, hes he seems happy doing it.
1: A happy strong
0: well, no, but I mean he's making fourteen and a half million. I mean it's not like he's not going to lose money next year. he's going to make more money next year mm-hmm. again um at this point at this point, if you're Vladdy, for, for a deal to happen, you'd have to give up two or three years of free agency. you going to do that if you're Vladdy? I'm not and so what the number is not now I think he's going to have to
1: change things mechanically. To be the Vladdy that we all want Vladdy to be. Get closer to the plate. Eliminate some hand movement. I think that has to happen. I don't. I don't think it should happen. I don't think he needs to tweak. I think he needs to change. See, it. I, I think That's a lot me. of
0: this. I think this is now. Honestly, this is now out of Vladdy's hands. I don't think Vladdy can determine whether or not think, the Jays give think him a multi-year be, contract I think, unless he goes to the Jays and says, I'll give you hometown I, yeah, discount. I think you've got to
1: earn it. And earning it is like the two dudes that were pitching that stunk last year and went home and said, this ain't good enough. I need to fix this. I think that's where Vladdy's at. Like Vladdy's contact and and the thing he should be doing to, to baseballs is just not consistently happening. I think until he goes home and changes some things and not tweaking – Tweaking's different than changing. He needs to change things. No, that, Once he changes things and can consistently hammer baseballs,
0: and you start talking to him. Bill in Ottawa, he's got a question about Bo. Similar
3: train of thought. I was thinking over the weekends watching the games, and you know um, they were interviewing Bo yesterday. And um, he after this season, he has two more years on the extension, he's, and then he can walk as a free agent. Does Toronto go to him this winter with eight? 10, 12 year deal options, um, and what is the number? Does it start with a three? Does it start with a four? Would um, like to hear what you guys think.
0: I mean, if he ends up leading the American League in hits again this year, um, I, I mean, listen, I've look, you know, if you listen to the show, I'm a big Bo Bichette fan. I would, I would, given the choice of the two of them, I'm signing Bo to the contract over vlady I am because. Um,
1: they already signed him. No, but I'm why, saying. Why would you go to him this year and, and ask him in the offseason if he wants five more yeah, years? No,
0: no, 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 but I'm, but I'm saying I, he's the guy that I'm interested in signing to in, in, in signing to a contract that covers his free agency. I may not do it next year, but I would certainly, if he has another year like this year next year, I would absolutely go to him and say, I don't want you in your final year of the contract. We want to sign you. And yeah, I, I got to tell you. If at the end of next year, next offseason, Bo has this type of year and he stays healthy and I can get him, I'd strongly consider giving him a six-year contract and basically for the rest of his career.
1: They need, at the very least, a new third baseman, an impactful bat, and an outfielder. That's a lot to get in one offseason. You've already
0: paid Bo. Like, I, maybe next offseason when hey, you he's also got, continuing to be Bo. Like, but you've also got to remember, it, next offseason, you're getting to the point where money's coming off the books. There you go. You've only got another year left for a couple of your yeah. pitchers. He's pretty happy now. Yeah. But, I, I, but uh, <laughs> pretty no, pretty the, to the caller's point, yeah. if, put it this way, if he decides he wants that, to do it, if Bo says, you know what, I'm interested in signing long-term, I have that discussion with him. I have that discussion with him in a heartbeat because he sh- he's shown me enough this year. Maybe internally tweak some things
1: offensively. Ha- have a- have a different mindset on how you're attacking one through nine. Maybe he'll like that a little bit more. want to stay here forever. Well, I... We I think are,
0: there's something to that. We are getting to the point where I think... Listen to great him question, Great question, Kevin. We're getting to a point where I think you have to sort of, in the back of your mind, you don't go to Bo and say, what is it going to keep? Take to keep you here, but you're going to listen to what Bo wants. Bo's well, not the hitting coach.
1: he should be. No, he's the best hitter they have. Be that.
0: Go ahead and get you a hitting coach. Maybe they should listen to Bo. I don't. Know. Maybe. You mean may reading too much into it? You seen the same? All I know four is this. Is, I've seen. No, all I know is this is. You know, this isn't just this year. Bo mm-hmm. hasn't had a good. Bo hasn't had a good eight months. Bose had a good – Oh, Bo's elite. He, he, yeah. He, but, but, but Bo's elite, elite because he knows what
1: he's doing. Exactly. Before he walks exactly, into
0: play. he He, to me, is one of the 20 best players in baseball. And, and think about it. You're going to go, Jeff, 20 is a big number. Think about how many good young players there are in baseball. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying a dude is top 20, top 10, top 15. And he can be top 10. Top
1: 10 in total bases. That will get it done.
0: Yep, Absolutely. Uh, that is it for us. We'll be back tomorrow, 5 to 7 Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the Fan of the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet. Have yourself a great night.